And with that being said, good morning. In your hearts right now, just think, what are you thankful for? What can you sit here and say, praise God? Because I'll give you a minute here pretty soon, maybe in five, ten minutes. But I'm going to ask you to respond. And we're going to to make church a little different today. It's going to be a little bit different. Uh, It's a little different than normal. I'm going to say this. I don't have one passage that I'm going to dive into. And there's no deep theological discussions going to take place this morning. A little participatory, if I said that word correctly, this morning. And that you all be participating in one way or another. And I I really do hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. We're blessed. Church, we are blessed. Just think about this. I can say this personally. I am blessed. But I think about what took place in the last three, four days from food to more food. And then we had a little bit more food. Okay. Then we had a lot of fun with family, hanging out with friends, board games, ping pong, karaoke. Mm Mm-hmm. Some football, some basketball, different sports, different games. Somebody comes home from college, makes it a little even bit better. You haven't seen people in a while. Maybe you got to travel. Maybe you went shopping and you didn't have a long line. Okay, that was something to be thankful for. Maybe you got some treat. Maybe you're like, you know what, I'm treating myself to a double mocha latte with a couple shots of whatever. And you had a really nice specialty drink when you stopped at that coffee shop. I don't know. What are you thankful for? I want our focus today on on having really a thankful heart, but not just having a thankful heart, expressing that thankfulness. Actually doing something with it, not just saying, well, I'm thankful. That was easy. But what are you going to do with that thankfulness? Thanksgiving is a day in which our nation has declared, this is the time we're going to set aside work. We're going to set aside our our daily routines, our differences and circumstances. And we're going to give thanks to an almighty God. And I hope that you took Thursday and did exactly that. I hope you were able to gather away from work with some family or some friends or both. That you reflected, that you enjoyed all that has been given to you. Now, with that being said. What are you thankful for? Do me a favor, just raise your hand. And here's the deal. The longer you wait, um, the longer the sermon goes, okay? So I should see like 50 hands shoot up right away, okay? There's the first one, okay? We're thankful for Roger's laughter. That was his hand that went up, okay? What else are we thankful for? Raise your hand. I'm just going to point to you and just shout it out. Yes. There you go. Did your hand go up? Yeah, it did. Okay. Doing things physically. Friends and family. Good. Pie. Pie. Amen to that. Yes. Who else? Yes. Family and job. Good. What else are you thankful for? Health. Health. Good. Same thing. Good. Freedom. Good. Woo! That's awesome. 244 shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child, if you didn't hear that. I was going to ask, and I had that in my notes. Thank you for bringing that up instead. What are we thankful for? The Jagir's bringing you to church. That's awesome. What else? That should be a clap. You know? Yes. Family. Good. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a little hand right there. It is. 
What is it? Jesus. I always come up with those great answers. Good one. Love it. What else? Let's go with three more. Three more hands. There's one. What is it? You want me to show you? No. She, she shook her head no. She, the answer was dance, by the way. And so a lot of you are saying no. We're thankful that you didn't. Roger, be quiet. Okay. Two more. Yes. Heaven. Heaven. Amen to that. One more. Everybody's like looking around. Yes. God's forgiveness. It's awesome. Yes. Those are all incredible things to be thankful for, aren't they? And some of you didn't, you know, you didn't raise your hand. You wanted to be shy. I understand. I understand. That's okay. Shout it out. Shout it out those things that you are thankful for whenever you have the chance. We have been given so much, right? And our hearts just sort of swell up with, man, it's so good. So thankful. And then comes what? Black Friday. Okay. Now, I used to say that it was the day after Thanksgiving. Now, it's like the minute after Thanksgiving. You're not even done giving thanks, and Black Friday's already started, okay? And uh, this insane declaration of, I must have more at a better cost, drives people to a new level of vehicular insanity, right? And shopping frenzies and escalated levels of impatience, I mean, it's just, you're a different person. It's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde for some people. Uh, And for years, I have avoided it. I really have. It's like, whatever, go have fun, people. I will not partake in that. And, uh, but... Don't tell my wife this, but I snuck out and did this this time. She doesn't know this, okay? Because she went with her sister and all the boys and cousins. They went and uh, later on Friday night, they didn't do the early thing. They just said, let's go have fun. And they went and did their thing. And she thought I stayed home, okay? Little did she know I snuck out and went the opposite direction, went to a different place. And um, just for a little insanity to pick up a few things. And, I, and, I, and I, the place I went, which I thought was a smaller city, smaller town, then where she went was crazier. I, I said, how was it? Oh, no lines. Was, was, people were great. I'm thinking, really? I, I was sitting at a light waiting to turn left, and there's an open lane here that you would turn right, right? Okay. And cars were common, and they split. They went both ways. Around, but I'm thinking, that's the wrong way. <laughs> Horns are honking. People are waving in a bad way. And it was, I was thinking, what is going on? That was just the beginning. I thought, wow, this is crazy. Why did I do this? So I made a, I didn't make a declaration. I said, as soon as I get my vehicle the first time, there's just going to be a smile on my face. So I'm just going to smile at everybody. I'm just going to have fun and just relax. I'm going to have the attitude of gratitude. And, uh, and I went at it, right? But I was thinking about this. How can we be so thankful one minute and then so discontent the next? It's like, oh, I'm thankful this, I'm thankful this is. But I got to have this. And I, and I need this, right? It's, what, how does that happen? Um, Thanksgiving was sort of gets derailed sometimes because we lose focus on a couple of things. One is maybe that discontent, but I think another thing that causes us to lose focus on Thanksgiving is our circumstances. And, and what I mean by that is a bad circumstance can really taint a good Thanksgiving. It was just, you know, a few weeks ago, I grabbed a rake and I went out into the yard. And when I got into the yard, it seemed, I don't know why, that this year we had more leaves than we've never had before. Now, I don't know if in the past couple of years those trees just didn't produce leaves. And this year they said, we've got to make up for the last two years. So everybody, triple over time, okay? And all of a sudden there's all kinds of leaves in the yard. I'm thinking, wow. So I went out and it was, you know, I'm going to work up a sweat. It's going to do some work. 
And I'll probably develop some blisters because, you know, pastors have weak hands or something. I don't know. Whatever. We don't know how to work except on Sunday mornings. Anyway, so I was out. And, but in the midst of the circumstance of having to go work and work up a sweat and all that kind of stuff, I turned on a little Christmas music. And the sun was shining. There's fresh air. I heard some kids in the neighborhood laughing. And I realized, and I'm thinking about all this is going on. In the midst of all that work, in the midst of maybe what we would say was sort of maybe not a fun circumstance, I still had that feeling of being content. It still felt good. You know, sometimes we have all kinds of crazy circumstances going around us, and we should have a bad attitude, but yet we find reason to be content. How can it be? So when we look at the Bible, we discover biblical characters experiencing contentment amidst their circumstances, amidst their struggles, in ways that go beyond our understanding. Daniel was content while in the lion's den. Ruth was content to live with her mother-in-law. King David, just make sure Dave's awake, okay, was content to live in the wilderness rather than a rightful palace. See, we had this little talk about all of us had too much turkey, so that tryptophan, you know, sort of kicks in on a Sunday morning, and everybody gets a little sleepy, so I told Dave we'd shout out his name on occasion to make sure he's alert. So, Paul was content regardless of the situation of imprisonment. James, Peter also knew contentment when they experienced trials and troubles of many kinds. Most amazing of all, Jesus was content to sit silently before Pilate, going to his death on the cross, even though all the angels of heaven just waited for his command. In the midst of all those circumstances, church, are you hearing this? In the midst of all those circumstances, all those biblical characters, men and women like you and I, found a way to be content. That kind of contentment runs deeper than circumstance, right? How can that be? Some people would say this. It's a person's positive attitude. It's got to be your positive attitude that gives frame to contentment, right? That living with the glasses half full kind of attitude, right? That is what gets me through the day. But you know what? You can have a positive attitude, but you can still have rotten circumstances come your way, right? My achy back doesn't disappear just because I have the positive attitude that I will feel better later today, right? You know, I can be as positive as I want during a sport competition of some sort, but I could still lose. And regardless of how hard and how long I focus on happy memories, cancer still took my dad's life. And no matter how rosy a landscape I try to paint, the rebellion of crabgrass and weeds and dandelions still cover my yard again next spring. So you see, I can have a positive attitude. But things can still go wrong. And as you look in the Bible, at those who found contentment, regardless of the situation, it wasn't having a positive attitude. That helped, but that didn't help them make it through those situations and those circumstances. They trusted God. They trusted God. Their lifestyles were God-focused. They relied on His steadfast love. They relied relied on His faithfulness to frame their predicaments and their perspectives. They humbly trusted God to provide. They trusted God to posture their hearts so that they could worship Him. Right in the midst of everything that's going on, they said, we trust you, God, to receive from you, God. So let me go back to those examples, those biblical characters I just shouted out earlier. Let me go back to them. 
First of all, there was Daniel. What did Daniel do? In the midst of the lions, think about this, because he chose to worship God and go against the law that said you can't pray. They threw him in the lion's den. But in the midst of that lion's den, with all these hungry lions around him, he trusted God. While grieving the loss of her husband, Ruth made her mother-in-law's God her own God. When there was not enough food to eat, Paul said, you know what? I'll see Jesus as my strength. And as far as David goes, when Saul was seeking to kill him, he calmed himself by saying, I trust in you, God. In the brutality of persecution, James and Peter trusted God to prevail. Faced with betrayal and rejection, a brutal beating and a crucifixion, Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done, God. See, all those biblical people, men and women like you and I, they had circumstances go all kinds of wrong directions around them. And it wasn't positive attitude that got them through that. They said, I'm going to trust God. So I, I can be thankful. I can have thanksgiving amidst whatever circumstances come my way, and I can still find joy. Why? Because I'm trusting God in the midst of all that. Paul said, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, always be joyful. Bless you. Never stop praying. And then verse 18, he said, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I'm going to repeat that verse. You're going to repeat it with me. Okay, we're going to start verse 18. You ready? Here we go. Be thankful. In all circumstances. Let's try this again. Everybody, full participation. Those of you who aren't participating, join me. Okay, here we go. Be thankful in all circumstances. One more time. Be thankful in all circumstances. Now, I've had you say that verse over and over because I want you to hear it because I don't think we get it. Some of us hear that verse wrong. We think that God is saying we're supposed to be thankful for all of our circumstances. He didn't say be thankful for your circumstances, did he? He just repeated it to me. Be thankful what? In all. Not for all. In all. Big word. Big word. You got to pay attention to that one. The word in. In all circumstances. You're not thankful for those circumstances, I'm sure, right? But Jesus, I'm sorry, God tells us to Paul, he says, I want you to be thankful while you're in those circumstances. You don't have to be thankful for that circumstance. But while you're in that circumstance, I want you to be thankful. For this is God's will for you. And I was thinking about that. On Thanksgiving night, we decided to go visit Julie at the hospital. So reflecting there at her bed, in the midst of all the horrific circumstances she's gone through in a week and a half, she could be thankful. In all those circumstances... When you looked at her blood pressure and the monitor, and it was 68 over 50. And it's like, that drops one or two more. This isn't good. When there was wondering if she would make it. When you're looking at her hands and her feet and wondering if they're going to have to amputate everything off. When you're thinking about all that's going on in her life, it's like, will she even make it in those circumstances? But one by one by one by one, prayers answered, prayers answered, prayers answered. She's a walking miracle. She's at a nursing home today. She got moved to a nursing home this weekend. And God is amazing, isn't he? In all circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Give God glory on that. God is good. God is good. 
in all circumstances, be thankful. We're not thankful for the circumstance she went through. But we are thankful in the circumstances that she went through that God was at work and we saw different things happen. Not just her health. Her nurses, her doctor, for her doctor to say, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. Doctors? I'm sorry, doctors said it's a miracle? For the nurses that attended, for her family members, their faith to be strengthened, for the people they were in the waiting room with, witnessing to, giving clinging crosses to, praying with them. In all circumstances, we can find something to be thankful for. So as we conclude this Thanksgiving week, I pray that we can gratefully wait upon God's goodness, whatever situation you're in. May it just be ordinary, or may it be outlandish. And right in the midst, receive that life-giving perspective and the rest that you need from God. I pray we experience His embrace. That we can understand what it really means to be content. To be thankful. Paul said this in Romans 12, 1. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Give your bodies to God because all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Let me read that again in a different translation. Listen carefully. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your every ordinary life You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Did you hear that? Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. What has God given you? Embrace that. Thank Him for it. That honors Him. Were you thankful for the food you ate this week? Are you thankful for the clothes you have, the vehicles you drive in? Are you thankful for a church? Are you thankful for family? Are you thankful for friends? Embrace those. That honors God. This is what I'd like you to do. In your bulletins, you should have those little slips, okay? Now, everybody's going to need one. And if you only grabbed one bulletin and four of you walked in, you're going to be three slips shy. So what I'm going to need, I'm going to need a junior hires, fifth, sixth graders are going to need your help. Just Here's what you're going to do. Um, on that back table by the coffee, there's those little slips, there's envelopes, and there's pens. So if I could have an army of youth right now, step on up. Thank you. Love it. Head to that back table, go grab the pieces of paper, pens, and envelopes. Church, this is what you need. You'll need a piece of paper. You'll need a pen. And if you've got a check or offering that you want to stick with that paper, that you'll need an envelope. If you don't want to use an envelope, that's fine. But everybody's going to need a slip of paper because everybody's going to come forward and put something in the blessings box. When you look at that slip of paper, you'll explain it. Some of you are like, I didn't bring any money today. What am I going to do? You're all good. You're all good. Okay. Right. So if you do, kids, if you can come forward and let's do this. Just raise your hand and these guys will come and they will... They're, they've got three things in their hands. They've got a pen, they've got an envelope, and they've got a slip. Raise your hand and just you tell them what you need and they'll give that to you. All right? So the kids are coming forward to do that. Because this is the morning we are giving thanks. Not just verbally, but with action. If you need a piece of paper or a pen or an envelope, raise your hand nice and high so they can see you. 
They'll come and you just tell them what you need. Some of you maybe already know what you want to fill out on this piece of paper. Some of you are not sure. That's fine. You've had a couple weeks to see it. If you're visiting today, welcome to an unusual True North worship service. It's all good. Can I have one, please? Right there. Thank you. Now, here's the thing. You don't need to put your name on here unless you're signing up to serve somewhere. That's the only reason your name needs to be on here. Okay? Because we, Jen brought this to my attention. She's like, what if they volunteer and serve in the ministry of True North and they check it? We don't know who it is. We got to call a couple hundred people up. I mean, did you want to serve? Are you serving? Okay. So the only time, uh, the only reason you need to put your name on here is if you're serving. Okay. So everybody should have one of these slips. Okay. And this goes for the youth too. See, it just isn't about the adults who are thankful and can give back. Our youth can too. Our children can too. All right. Here's what I'd like you to do with this piece of paper. I'd like you to sort of hold on to it for a little bit. Just sort of keep it where it's visible, okay? And again, I want to say this. We've been blessed. And I'm going to give you four different things right now just to express thanksgiving, okay? Here's the first thing I want to say I'm thankful for. I'm so thankful for new life in Christ. I'm so thankful for salvation. You know, Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Church, there's not one perfect person in this room. There's not one person that deserves heaven in this room. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've missed the mark. Get that bow and arrow. Let that arrow fly. You'll miss the target every time. That word in the Bible is sin. Missing the mark. We try so hard to do all the good things and we still mess up. And here's the problem. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Because of my sins, I'm destined to hell. But that's what I deserve. And so do you. But Romans 5.8 says that while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. Isn't that good news? While we're still messing up, while we're still missing a target, Jesus died for us and said, I'll take care of the penalty. You don't have to go to hell. You can spend eternity in heaven in my presence. Romans 10, 9 says, if we confess our sins, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, we're saved. Church, if you've never confessed your sins to God, to an almighty God, a holy God, a righteous God, now's a great time for you to do that. Admit, one, I am a sinner. I mess up. I need your forgiveness, God. And then ask Him to forgive you. Don't just ask Him to forgive you and be your Savior. Ask Him to come into your life and be your Lord. See, He is our Savior and our Lord. A lot of people just want a Savior. We, we need more than a Savior. We need Him to be our Savior and our Lord. The one we follow, the one we listen to, the one we obey. I'm so thankful for that. This first thing on the first line there, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ this morning, now's a great time to pray. Then share that with us. I'm going to give my heart. I've asked for forgiveness. I'm going to ask him to be my Savior and my Lord. 
Here's the other thing I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for a church family. I'm so thankful for a church family. For all of you that are here today. See, because I placed my faith in Jesus, I am part of a bigger family now. I have so many brothers and sisters in Christ now. I have a church. The church is the vehicle that God uses to spread the gospel. Did you realize that? That's, that's one of the things we get to do. We get to spread the gospel as a church. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2.9, But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may, listen church, church, that you may, we're a holy nation, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Church, we have been saved. We are a holy nation. We are a chosen people so that we can proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. The church is made up of those who bear the name of Christ. Each person in this church and churches across the world should be able to say, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe he's risen and I follow him. And those who claim this gift of Jesus, you are part of this holy nation, this family, this church. Paul said in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty, as it is, there are many parts, but one body. See, the church is a body. We're composed of all these different people, right? We're composed of many parts. Different gifts, different members with different gifts who help the church grow as God directed. You are part of a team. Listen, you aren't cheering alone anymore. I can't think what would be worse than going to a stadium filled with 100,000 people and you're the only one wearing the opposing team's jersey in the stands. You know what I'm saying? Pick whatever color you want in that stand, okay? But you're wearing the color that does not belong. And you got 999,000, what did I miss my numbers up right there? You got a lot of people cheering, okay? And you're the only one that isn't. And then they sit down and you stand up, yeah! And everybody's silent, looking at you like, you're weird. You don't belong here. Listen, when you're part of a church family, we're on the same team. We get to cheer together. We get to celebrate together. We get to pick each other up when we're falling. Teammates help each other out, right? Here's the thing. I'm so thankful for new life in Christ. I'm thankful for a church family. Here's another thing I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for a purpose. A gift to use. The Lord said to Ananias, and if you would open up your... Uh, actually, no, don't open your Bibles yet. I haven't, I haven't told you to open up your Bibles yet. Can you believe that? That's crazy. You will soon, okay? Lord said to Ananias, Go... This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, their kings, and the people of Israel. It's Acts 9.15. See, in Acts 9.15, Jesus dramatically revealed himself to Saul on the Damascus road. Okay, Saul was blinded. And he referred to them, in the scripture then, as Paul being a chosen instrument. Think about that. God says, I'm using him. This guy was killing Christians. Okay? He was on the opposing team at one time. And we use that term, but then he saw the light. He literally saw the light of Jesus. He was blinded. And God said, I'm using him as my chosen instrument. You think God can't use you? You're wrong. Paul was a murderer, Saul, before that. How would he ever be used by God to do big things? to do anything. God says, I'm choosing him. I will choose all of you as my instruments. 
Similarly, you know, we're all called to offer ourselves to God as instruments of righteousness. Paul said that in Romans 6.13. As an instrument, whether it's musical, whether it's medical, or sports, or some kind of inanimate implement, okay, whose ultimate value is nothing by itself, that instrument is nothing until it's picked up by the hands of that person that knows how to use the instrument and then put it to use. We are God's instruments. And he takes us, he says, I want to pick you up and use you for the church, for the purpose of my glory. And to serve in a great purpose. Think about this, church. We need to make sure we've done this. God, I'm, thank you for picking me as an instrument, okay? I don't know if, if I'm a trumpet or I'm a shovel. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a pencil. I don't know if I'm a microphone for you. But use me for your glory. Church, have you surrendered your talents, your gifts, to be used for His purpose, His glory? Each of us who hear the name Christian has been given a gift to be used in His service. You may not know what it is right now, and you might be scared to use it if you know what your gift is, but you have it. Ask God to reveal it to you. This morning, I had somebody in this church come up to me and say, Hey, who do I talk to about greeting somebody? They've got a gift. They want to use it to greet people. That is awesome. They didn't have to fill out the slip yet. They're already coming up. When you look on here, there's a spot there that says, to volunteer or serve in a ministry at True North. Maybe that's you this morning saying, you know what? I have a gift I can use for God's glory for this church. How about your time? I'm thankful for the time God's given me. We've been given new life, a church body, gift to use, and we've given, been given time to use our opportunities to help others. Acts chapter 3, 6 to 8 says this, And Peter said, Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking that lame man who couldn't walk by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and he began to walk. See, they ran into this crippled beggar. Couldn't walk. They were on their way that morning to pray. Peter and John were on their way to church. And on their way to the church, they saw a beggar. And the beggar's like, hey, you got anything for me? Like, listen, silver and gold we don't have. But what we do we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And they picked him up and they healed him. Where were they going again? They're on their way to church. They had an appointment. They were busy. We're all busy. We all got appointments. We all got places we need to go and people we need to see, right? But Peter and John said, wait, time out. I know I'm supposed to be going somewhere, somewhere good. But I think God's given me an opportunity to help somebody. And in the midst of their busyness trying to go somewhere, which was a good place to go, they stopped. said, God, use us in this moment for this person that needs help. What can we do? You know, we all have daily planners. We all have got the calendars. But God opened up a great opportunity for Peter and John to share the gospel because when they healed this man, then he went and told others what happened. And they want to know who did this, how did it happen. They got to share the name of Jesus as a result. One little opportunity to help somebody out of their daily planner that wasn't planned. The gospel got spread to hundreds. Praise be to God that Peter and John responded to that spur of the moment opportunity. Provided by the Holy Spirit. Imagine the opportunity that they would have lost had they said, you know what? We see you begging right now. Service starts in five minutes. Sorry. Maybe next time. 
But they said, you know what? God's given us time, and maybe this is a divine appointment. Church, are we attentive to this moving of the Spirit in our lives throughout the day? If you ever feel like God's saying, hey, you need to stop and talk to that person. Hey, you need to call that person. Well, I was going to text them, but I feel like I should call them. Call them. God's Spirit's prompting you to set aside your daily planner. And the Spirit wants to open up that spontaneous opportunity to minister to a hurting soul. Do it. Church, we're blessed. We have new life in Christ. We have a church family. We, have, we are instruments to be used for His service. And we have a lot of divine appointments waiting for us to be used for His glory. Are we not blessed? We are, aren't we? There's a story, I'm not going to go there, in the book of Luke 17. Like, are we ever going to open our Bibles, Rex? You said if you never open the Bible, you can fire me, right? We're getting there. We're getting there. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 19, there's a story. And it's about these ten lepers. And Jesus heals them. He says, go to the temple, show yourselves. And the ten lepers start walking off. And as they're walking off, all of a sudden the leprosy disappears. One out of ten, like, whoa, turns and comes back to Jesus. One out of ten comes back to Jesus and gives thanks. The other nine who just met with Jesus, who just got healed by Jesus, head off and never come back and give thanks. One out of ten comes back and says, thank you, Jesus. Let me ask you this. We've all been blessed. Right? We've all been blessed. Are you like that one that's like, you know what? I need to come back to Jesus and say thanks. Or are you like that nine that's like, this is awesome. We've been so blessed. And just you're on your way. We're going to give you that opportunity to say, God, you've really blessed me. Thank you. I want to give back to you. So either, you know, you can come up with something else if you don't like any of these. But we've been preaching on these about prayer. Been talking about finances or giving. Talked about serving. Maybe it's just your life you need to give to him. Maybe you're like, you know what? I want to invite somebody to church each week till Christmas, whatever. What is it that you want to give back? What is it you want to give back? Go ahead and mark it right now on your piece of paper, please. Go ahead and mark it on your piece of paper. Put it in the envelope if you want to put it in the envelope. You don't have to. In a few seconds here, and I'm going to ask uh, the worship team to come forward. In a few seconds, we're going to, they're going to play a song. And while they're playing that song, you can come up and put it in the blessings box. Then go back and at your seat, just stand and sing along. Open your Bibles to the book of John. We're going to close with this passage. Book of John, chapter 1. I gave Dan a bunch of scriptures. I don't even know how many I actually used when we threw up there. I don't know. John 1. I don't even know if I gave him this one. John, chapter 1. says this. In the beginning... The Word already existed. He, it's Jesus, was with God. He was God. He was in the beginning with God. We're talking about Jesus Christ here. Some people say this is one of the most awesome Christmas passages to read, okay? Verse 3. He, Jesus, created everything there is. Nothing exists that He didn't make. Life itself was in Him. 
This life gives light to everyone. Listen to verse 5. The light shines through the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Listen, Jesus Christ came into a very dark world. A very sinful world. And when Jesus came, he brought light. He brought life. And it says that that light shines through the darkness. The darkness can't extinguish it. We serve Jesus Christ, a risen Savior. Nobody can defeat him. He's ultimate victorious. Verse 6, God sent John the Baptist to tell everyone about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself, he wasn't the light. He was just a witness to the light. Verse 9, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was going to come into the world. But although the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him when he came. Even in his own land, among his own people, he was not accepted. Verse 12. But to all who believe him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. It's not a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. It's rebirth that comes from God. Verse 14. So the word, Jesus Christ, became human, lived here on earth among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory. The glory of the only Son of the Father. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. He is light to everyone. His light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can't extinguish it. You know, when I'm thinking about this, this is why I like Christmas so much. Because in wintertime, it gets dark so early, doesn't it? I mean, you're coming up at 5 o'clock, it's getting dark. And it's not, the sunrise isn't coming up till late. It's always dark so early. This is why I like Christmas. Because we put up Christmas lights and we bring light to darkness. You may not know why you like Christmas lights. You light up a tree. It's like, man, that tree was looking dark. Now it's shining. Now it's bright. I love Christmas lights because it reminds me that the light came into the world and the world can't extinguish it. Light is life. Light gives hope. My hope is in Jesus Christ. What about yours? This week, I'm going to encourage you. Listen to the song, Old Little Town of Bethlehem. How still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamlessly the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark street shineth what? The everlasting light. Light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in me tonight. Because when the light came, fears went and running because hope showed up. That second verse in that, in that song goes, For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above, while mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wondering love. Oh, morning stars together proclaim the holy birth it wasn't darkness that proclaimed his birth it was the stars brighter than the sun light to light that final verse of this song says oh holy child of Bethlehem descend on us we pray cast out our sin enter in be born in us today we hear the angels sing the great glad tidings tell Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Maybe today, if you haven't already, is the day you say, God, cast out my sin and enter and be born in me today. I need you in my life.
That's the greatest thing you could ever give. These are all great things you can give, whether it's money towards a building project or towards a church, whether it's your Thanksgiving offering, whether it's 20 minutes more prayer, maybe like a 20 minutes, I want to give 30 minutes. Maybe it's inviting people to church, whatever it may be. I want to serve here. I want to serve there. Those are great things. But the greatest thing you can give back to God is you, your heart. Cast out our sin. Enter and be born in us today. Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you given yourself to the light of the world, the King of Kings? Let's do this. Before we come forward, and um, as you want to, put it in the blessings box. Let's pray before we do. Would you please stand with me? Heavenly Father, you are an awesome and mighty God. We are so thankful. Sometimes our thankfulness gets derailed because... Maybe we're discontent, we wanted more or something, or, or maybe the circumstances around us cause us to lose focus. But when it comes all around to it, Paul said, no, no, you're not thankful for those circumstances. I get that. But you can be thankful in those circumstances because you can still see God at work. And that is so true. We have so much to be thankful for. God, thank you for new life. Thank you for looking at our sin and forgiving us casting that sin out and entering into us, giving us new life. God, thank you for a church family, for brothers and sisters in Christ, that when we are needing help and we, we come to you first, but then we got our brothers and sisters who walk alongside us and pray with us and lift us up and encourage us. We can laugh with them, we can sing with them. Thank you for a church family. Thank you for the gifts you've given us. We are your instruments. God, how do you want to use us? God, thank you for the time and the opportunity you give us to just sort of divert from our daily plan or to go do something for somebody that needs help. Help us to be more aware of that, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being the light of this world. In a dark world that needs you, thank you for being the light of the world. God, we want to give back to you. We're, we're done verbally saying thank you. Or we're going to sing. But we're also going to step forward and put something in that box. God, there's nothing special about what we're going to do, but it is an act of obedience that we just say, God, we, want to, we just want to show you what we, we're serious about this. We're serious about this. We're going to be different than the other churches. We're going to be different than other people because we want to be serious about serving you and giving thanks to you. So God, accept our offerings to you. Accept these gifts to you. God, help us, hold us accountable to these things. So we give back to you. We love you. We lift you up in thy name we pray. Amen. Come forward and put in the blessings box as we sing.